Saw Straight Talk Show. What's going on, good people? I am back. I am back with my favorite guest, Matt Sutton. What's going on, Matt? Buddy, how's everything going? About time. We've been trying to do this for two weeks now. I know, man. We've been sitting there trying to get this in. Been trying to like dude, the schedules are conflict. We're hardworking people, Matt. That's right. That's right. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. We are hardworking people, and you know. This is the one part where you, when you're chasing a dream, it it takes it takes it takes the um the patience to try to build up something so it can bring some money to where you don't have to work so hard. So that's what I'm trying to do, but you know the the work that brings in the money, I can't ignore it. <laughs> Absolutely, I understand that. Plus, now that the season started, where well, once we get off work, we have to go watch basketball. So exactly, and that's the thing about it. It's like we got to get all this information in, all these highlights, all the funny stuff, the drama. And now we got spitting. We got spitting in the NBA. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. It's but it's but that's what's made the NBA season so great to start with already. I mean, the NBA's at its best when its marquee teams are at their best. And I forget somebody said it today. It was basically that, you know, the Rondo Chris Paul beef is good for the NBA. The NBA needs stuff like this. You need stories to make it through a long 82 game season. But they didn't wait, right? We were two games in, and it was peak NBA. Uh, yeah. And now Rondo's yeah. going after Chris Paul. It's, it's just that's it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a fun season. It, it really is. And I'm glad that the suspensions was not 15, 20 games. That you know, saying like, I, I'm glad that the suspensions were somebody. I mean, somebody was on Twitter was sitting there telling me that LeBron James, lo and behold, you know, was in the negotiations of trying to make sure that the suspensions were. You know, saying not damaging, and I I don't know how much I believe in that, and you know, I, but you know, saying it's LeBron James, so I mean, somewhat you can be like, well, maybe he got a point because you know he seemed like he knew, but I'm like, man, look here, the NBA knew we're not going to sit there and have 20 games on Chris Paul when the season just started. We're not going to have 20 games on Rondo, and you know, and all that nonsense. I, but I'm surprised. I'm truly surprised. I was surprised at how few games it was. I mean, for Brandon Ingram only to get four and then Rondo three and Paul two for, you know, that was the, the highest rated game since the seven or since the, you know, Warriors won game 73, you know, back in 2016. Mm-hmm. I, they had all eyes on them and they had the biggest fight that I can remember in the last half decade, at least. Right. And for that, for those fewest suspensions and, you know, when you take into past accounts of Rondo and Paul, these aren't the most sportsmen of guys out there. So I'm kind of surprised, but I'm with you. I'm happy about it because one is, is it gets guys back out on the court. Um, and it does, it does allow the game to, to go forward with some of that chippiness, which makes the game entertaining and fun. I mean, that, that Laker Houston game, even before that fight, it was chippy. It was fun. And I think right. if you have that, if they can manage somehow to do that, if they would have gone in and taken 20 games for those guys, they would have killed that. Uh, Cause no, nobody was going to w- risk that kind of money. So right. I think that's kind of what it was. Whether LeBron was involved in it, I don't know. He's vice president of the Players Union. And Chris Paul, who was part of it, was is president of the Players Union, so he can't obviously be involved. So I'm guessing from some extent LeBron might have had conversations because in his role with the Players Union. That might that, that might true. play that might be why it's part of that conversation. That is true. That that's um that that uh, you know that makes a good point. You know, and, and that guy, he was very adamant on that. He was like, Look here, man, you just don't understand. I said, Okay. All right, I'm not gonna put his name out there. I will tell you that, but uh, with with what you said, I do agree with it. It would have really kind of messed the the momentum of the league how it started, and like you saying, being the second game of the season, being that highly rated, LeBron James being in a gold uniform, purple on the away side. I mean, like it just it's monumentous. And now you got the banana boat friends on the Rockets, and they gonna have played against the Lakers more than once. It builds up, and it, it is going to be like you said. It's, it's, I'm glad it was chippy because I don't want to see. No, really highly, you know, saying friendship play out there, you know, what I'm saying because I know how LeBron, Carmelo, and Chris Paul are. Well, I don't, I don't mind out of it um, because I think it adds a different way, which is things. But from the chippiness side, I think it it goes to letting these guys go out there and play. These are the top athletes in the world and they're going to run into each other. They're going to bump. They're going to, the egos and the way, you know, this isn't baseball where if you flip your bat, you get hit with the next, you know, the next pitch, you, you, 
boat, and that's part of the NBA now. And with that, it's just going to come guys getting annoyed and and getting angry. And as long as they can maintain it, if they start fighting every week, then the NBA will crack down. But until that point, I think they're going to let them do it because it's what's best for the game. It just adds that that la- that layer of of entertainment um, to what it is to the games. And we've had so many close games and high scoring games. Heck, the only way anybody can get a stop is to clothesline somebody. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you got that right, man. I tell you, it's like, like speaking of like, uh, uh, saying like anger or, or things and chippiness, but like you said, trying to get stops. I mean, people doing everything, advantages, you know what I'm saying, put, trying to put it for their team so they can win. Like Joel Embiid, who received a warning today for that flop, that he tried, he tried to get a technical on Drummond, tried to get the momentum shifted their way, and now the Drummond's uh, technical has been rescinded. And and MB reserved uh, received a warning, you know. I'm glad that they're trying to take the flopping aspect out of the NBA because you know these players are too big and to be sitting there acting like soccer players, you know, saying because I can understand in soccer there's no timeouts, there's no really no breaks. So if you want right. to sit there and act like you tore a hamstring real quick so you guys can go get a sip of water, that's fine. But in basketball, as much timeouts and breaks they have, you don't need to be flopping on the basketball court. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean that last night with Embiid was so obvious and so bad. I mean, it it really was, and and then even that part was when they started going after him on Twitter afterwards. Yeah. And what uh, Drummond said, him Oscar called him an Oscar winner, and I mean, yeah, the NBA's got to come down on that stuff because first of all, and I I don't we have the privilege of watching twelve replays like in real time, as fast as these guys are, as big as these guys are, the refs are going to miss. Stuff. You can't see everything. And so I think, you know, they're going to catch it. So at least the NBA is going back and taking care of it. And I think the floppy warnings will be severe this year. I think there'll be a lot of them because they want to try to get that out of the games because that I think more than as much as anything else um, just annoys people uh, about the NBA. And I think that's one of the few things where when you go out and you ask people who, who actually watch the game, because I don't want to talk to people who watched the game back in 1990 about what they think about today's NBA, but yeah. if you will watch the, the biggest, the biggest thing that they complain about is the flopping. Um, mm-hmm. And it's true. It's, it's, it's becoming obnoxious. It's becoming yes. obnoxious. That's yes. what Embiid was last night. And Embiid, Embiid can come off as obnoxious a little bit, but it, you know, I'm liking that so far that the season started that players are, are, it seemed like, where, where it kind of started a little bit, where players are talking a little bit, but it seems like instead of elbows or punches are flying, like you said, there's there's a there's a meaning for chip for chippiness. But we have it to where now, like Anthony Davis scored on Gallo Nari uh, last night. He, he's too small. I love that. Or, you know, MB like, oh, Drummond can't guard me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to put that type of uh, fear in some people like that to see, hey, if they're going to answer the bell or they're going to back down. Or that you know, on the play of basketball, not by fist or throwing, you know, try to back it up. Right. Don't make it, don't hurt your team, but at least know that hey, he's challenging you. I'm challenging you one on one, position position. Andre Drummond, you can't guard me. And Anthony Davis told Gallinari, you too small. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, I think that you know, and there's there's always been a little bit of that, but you gotta. I mean, I'll give a, a lot of that to Joel Embiid. He he's brought a little bit of that back, and I you know yes. almost equate to like Yasiel Puig in baseball where he's brought a little bit of that of that to the league that sort of un you know <laughs> the guy doesn't care i mean he'll he's gonna say whatever he's gonna say because he thinks he's better than everybody else which is awesome i love players like that i mean I love players like that they're better than everybody else and they're gonna go do it and then you know to see guys come to their own like if you would have told me last year that anthony davis would be trash talking and brandon ingram would be in fights uh, fist fights, I would have just laughed at you. I'd have said, no way. But you're seeing guys come out a little bit, um, coming out of their shell and starting to understand that that's, that's part of the game. I mean, when you look at replays and you look at commercials, it's all about it's, it's about the dunk, but it's all about the after dunk, right? The screaming and yelling and LeBron staring at the camera or Westbrook flexing. That's what sells. So as much as it is on the basketball court, that's all helps these guys uh, with their with their brands and you know making the highlight reel. I mean, that's how you're going to do it. That's how you make money. But it's all leading to great games and a lot of entertainment. And that's what that's what makes And it's Anthony Davis, man. That dude. It's something. Rod is the most talented player in the world. But he, he, he that guy's skill set, buddy, is just – it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, I believe he's right now averaging around 36 points, like 
16 boards. So, I mean, he, he, he is he is on a whole nother stratosphere on these, these first few games, four games. Just about staying on the court. Just yeah. about staying on the court for him. That's all it is. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what is what have been your favorite game so far this season? Well, I I mean, obviously the Lakers Rockets game was was my favorite. Um, you know, I think more than anything else, it's the teams I've I've enjoyed watching. Like I think mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching Denver uh joking, putting up that sort of perfect triple double where I think what it was eleven yeah. from eleven field, getting to watch that, that was fun. Uh that mm-hmm. watching the Magic go in and beat the Celtics were the only yeah. two teams like not scoring over a hundred points every night. Uh, and it, I mean, it's just, it's been, there've been a lot of good games. Uh, I watched Kimball Walker a few times. Like I didn't watch uh, Hornets at all last year, but Kimba's balling. And yeah. so watching a bunch of things, especially since the, you know, league passes get you the first week free and then, then we got to pay up, but. Uh, right. they, 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 they just, <laughs> oh yeah. This is what they, they get you in. Cause you get excited to watch it all and then you got to go pay for it. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's been good. There's going to be, you know, it'll be interesting to see tonight. I mean, I know, you know, it's it's early in the game, but uh, Trey Young going up against the, the Mavs, so Doncic and Young going up, they'll they'll be forever tied to each other for that trade. So that'll be interesting too. And both those guys are playing out of their minds. So yeah, it's been it's been a good start of the season. The points are unbelievable. Uh, yes. Greg Popovich, he was going to have a heart attack the other night, giving up 140 points in a basketball game. He said he didn't know what to think of himself. So, so I mean, look here. This, I tried to tell somebody that, and this was on a conversation about a video game by NBA 2K. And I was like, I was like, you know, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, I might play 12 minute quarters. And he was like, man, his scores probably be like 120, 130. I said, what do you think they're scoring today in the league? Excuse me. That's I right. mean, I don't know if you're watching basketball right now, but a lot of these scores I'm looking at Charlotte, Orlando, 120 to 88. Uh, New Orleans, Sacramento, 149-29. I mean, 149 to 129. I mean, didn't they put up 74 and a half? Didn't that game they put up for 74 <laughs> in the first half? Yeah. I mean, just that is what you call basketball being so premium with so, with so much spacing and movement, man. Like, now you got power forwards who can move like a guard. Blake Griffin was coming up court, taking the ball behind his back with so so much accuracy and quickness. I was like, oh, he's about to lose that ball. And he's like, I'm willing and dealing. I'm getting to the lane. I'm making a pass. He was doing a nice little handoff of Reggie Bullock. I mean, like, it, it, it was really crazy to see him. That's my favorite game of the season so far, the, the Pistons and uh, 76ers game last night, was the fact that I, you know, going back, I had to go back and watch it. That game was was crazy, man. But it was like Blake Griffin has came like a long way as far as saying like I did this one year for the Clippers. Y'all forgot I was getting triple doubles and everything. Injuries happen, but progression on the handle is the big thing for yeah. Blake Griffin. His handle is ridiculous. You know, I I was well. I think for the first the first answer. I mean, just pacing and, and shooting. I mean, and, and even take out the shooting. What the Lakers scored sixty in the first half. Um, yeah in their first game and didn't hit a three-pointer. I mean, like, they just, <laughs> I mean, they just play, these guys just play so fast. But I think with Blake, I was not a Blake Griffin fan when he first came in the league. I was one of part of the – part of the he-can-only-dunk movement. Nobody – I can't think of anybody who, from the moment they came in the league to today, has added more skills to their game than Blake Griffin. I mean, he really right. has. He, he couldn't shoot a free throw. He learned how to shoot a free throw. Couldn't shoot a mid-ranger figured out the mid-range, and he can shoot threes. Now he handles the rock. He's always had good, a, a decent passer. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's got a good game. He's got – he gets a bad rap. I mean, because I know, you know, he's done some dumb stuff off the court um, and and had, gets hurt all the time. But, again, he's one of those guys, too, when he's on the court, he's fun to watch, and he's a monster. It's just yeah. can he be on the court. But I think, too, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I – one of the things that I'm interested in with the Pistons, and I know it's early, so I'm not – I won't overreact to anything. They might win four now. And <laughs> but, I mean, it, is Dwayne Casey that good a coach? And is Stan Vandy that bad of a coach? Stan Van Gundy. Sorry, Stan Van Gundy that bad of a coach. I mean, right. like, both of those things might be true. And, I, you know, I think you and I talked about this on a prior podcast. Sometimes these – I think some of these coaches who have been around a long time won't be able to get back in the game. Uh, because nope. it's just it's just a different game today. Now look, there's all 
there's, there's the greats like Pop can stay. He could coach forever. Rick Carlisle, those guys can adjust. I think some of these guys, like, I think that's one of the reasons why you'll never see Jeff Van Gundy coach again. I think he right. even realized yeah, like, I don't like, to step back in Right. Yeah, it's you different. It's agree. a different thing. And you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of success with, you know, younger coaches that have played in the game, that have played, uh, and that can relate with, with today's players, and who put together assistant coaches who can do the same. So exactly. I think that's going to be interesting to see with the Pistons. I think they had high expectations for the last couple of years, and they just – Miserable, were miserable, but they out there playing now. And if Blake and Drummond can play together, that's they're tough in the East. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, if they stay healthy, if, 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 they can, well, they can move. Away if if Reggie Jackson, if, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was say they can make their way to that four or five seed in the East if they can. Right. Keep that's, why, that's why I was getting that. That's why I was getting that. If if Ishmith and if if Reggie Jackson can can be that that come off the bench tandem, you know what I'm saying, or whatever with with Bullock, and then they what they bring with you know uh, with their bigs with Drummond and, and Blake Griffin, them being how the way they play, they could. I I, I I put them in that middle spot of the East. I put them, but you brought up coaching. That was an interesting point that I want to talk about with coaching real quick. Is that with with coaching around the league when you said the the times have changed where you got younger guys like. That's even saying that for Mark Jackson, because you like think of his style of coaching, like what his style really don't fit. But what about what about the coaches that are young now that really might not get it with some of the teams? And I'm pointing towards the Lakers, like Luke Walton. You know, saying like that that may be a little overwhelmed. Well, I think you know, I think Luke's obviously in a in a hard situation. I mean, you're talking about bringing in LeBron James notorious for wanting his own coach, <laughs> notorious for being dominating. And, I mean, you've got a team that's not ready to win a championship. It's going to take them a little bit to get going. Um, but I, I think, at least from everything I read, that that, that Jeannie Buss let, let Palenka and Magic do whatever they wanted with the team, but she made Luke Walton non-negotiable, that he stays. And I have to imagine he'll get a chance to see this thing through. I've always – and I think Luke is a great development coach. I don't know how great of an in-game coach he is, and some of these rotations are weird. Um, but yeah, I, think weird. He, I think he'd get it figured out. I think the, the first coach that's going to end up going, going is a guy like Ty Lue. Um, you know, the Cavs are just bad. And, you know, he was he was kind of brought in for LeBron. And Well, I think Ty Lue would be a good coach. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about these coaches and their coaching styles. Like, look at the biggest – mess in the NBA right now, it's Tom Thibodeau. He has no control. He doesn't know how to coach those young guys. And nope. can't it's just it's just a different generation. And right. and it's not, not better or worse. The, the the generation before was different to coach from the generation prior to that. I mean, but throughout the history of NBA, pairing co- the right coach with the right team has been key. I mean, you know, I don't think the Warriors are the Warriors without Steve Kerr. That's not a knock on Mark Jackson. That's just that's just Steve Kerr brought something else to that team. And right. I agree. I, that's I, not I a good Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think Luke will get a chance. I really do. I don't I mean, look, they start off five and twenty, then yeah. I mean, he's he's probably on the hot seat. He is on the hot mm-hmm. seat. I think he'll get a chance because it, it's gonna take a minute to get all this together. But he's gotta figure out these rotations and and some of it just doesn't make any sense. And I think I, 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 it wasn't my idea, but the guy on Twitter, but there's a trade out there right now where LeBron needs to call his buddy James Jones and trade KCP straight up for Trevor Ariza sometime. And it's got to yeah. be after December 15th. They got to get, yeah. get rid of him. He's useless on that team right now. Hart needs right to now, play. If you're not out to win this season, then let these young guys play. You let yep. these young guys play, surround them with veterans that can help win in clutch and and move on into this summer. But, yeah, I think yeah, he's got to figure out the rotation. But I think he's going to get a little bit of time to do it. Yeah, I think Josh Hart, me and you talked about that watching the games. It's like, man, why is he taking them out of the game? And I and I sit there and try to take up for KCP and came in there and shot an air ball. I said, well, bye. Get him out. You know, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this one season of shooting threes, and then really hasn't done a lot since. And he's not—he's not a great—he's not a great shooter. And, no. and he—he's a good. I think, release, I think his release would thought people that he can gradually turn into this great shooter. They was like, man, his release is so pure. And they—they they were saying in Detroit, they said, look at his release, KCP. And I'm like, 
it's okay. I said, you know, I said his thing was he was a dunker. I mean, he it could elevate, but now he don't even do that. Yeah, and he can defend. He can defend. Yeah. But, that's it. You know, that's it. Bringing, I'd rather bring in a guy like Ariza who I know can lock down multiple positions. That's the thing. Pope can't lock down multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but more than anything else, letting Hart play. Like, yeah, he's going to get beat on defense, and that defense is terrible right now. But here's the thing. Pope's not helping them, so go ahead and leave Hart out there for the offense and let the defense, let these guys learn to communicate. That's all the defense struggles are. They just don't know how to communicate yet. They'll get there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, do you think do you think of say say for example, um, if they did make a trade for Trevor Reza at KCP, do you think there's gonna be like that type of like, uh oh, what you know, is it gonna be that media like what's going on in LA? You know, I, I don't think they're gonna they they may hold back a trade just for that reason alone. For that media, like what are they doing? Like they they doing stuff already. Is LeBron into it? Is he going to the office? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think well, KCP would be okay because since he's a, a clutch sports client, they got rid of him. I don't think LeBron would take that big a hit. He got him paid, and, and KCP should forever be indebted to LeBron for the $30 million he's gotten over the last couple of years or whatever it is. And, but I think if, now if they started moving the young guys, then, yeah, I think people would do it. But if they start moving some of these veteran pieces, especially for other veteran pieces, like, I mean, I think KCP for a reason makes all the sense in the world for both teams because, you know, I think Pope's only 24. And so mm-hmm. at 25, somewhere in there. So he would he would fit in with the young uh, Suns team. And then Ariza would be just another guy to play beside LeBron to help lock down when they really need that sort of defensive frame of mind. And he can swing down and play the four. Um, you know, I think a lot of these young guys, they're going to – they need to play the minutes, and that's what they've got to decide. Is this team going to try to win or are they playing the minutes? Because, you know, you get a guy like Kuzma, who the first two nights can't shoot at all, and then all of a sudden he gets the Spurs and he goes lights out. So is he a guy that plays the, the close of games every night or is it just when he's hot? And they've got to figure that kind of stuff out. I mean, I don't think they can win it all this year. So develop these guys as much as possible for two reasons. One is if they're going to stay. And the other is to pump them up for trades. Uh, right. you got to show you got to showcase them. Right, that's true. All right. Now, we wouldn't be right if we uh, didn't talk about the undefeated teams that so far. Now, we're not too far into the season, but we can talk about some undefeated teams because we were just expecting Golden State possibly undefeated, but they're not. And we did not know. We kind of had the inclination, you know, say we had the thought to say, okay, Toronto might be something to mess with here the first few games. And now we got, as undefeated teams, we got Toronto, Milwaukee, Detroit, and we got uh, Denver, New Orleans. Um, out of all those teams, I mean, you think, I mean, some teams with losses are better than them, but I'm just saying, out of those teams, what, are, what, are, what is your favorite undefeated team so far? Well, I think it's the Raptors. I mean, I, I only because I I mean, I know what um, Leonard set out one game, but Kawhi Leonard wants to prove a point this year. He wants to prove he's still an MVP candidate. He deserves all the hype and all the talk, and he fits that team perfectly. I mean, they got better. I know they got better. So I like the Raptors. I think they're I think they're really good. Uh, I like. And the truth of the matter is. The teams that other than Detroit, I'm not all that surprised because, you know, the the when you look at the Raptors, yes, they're they're that good. They're that good. Milwaukee, Budenhauser, again, it goes back to coaching. That's just a different team. And I know I argued with people for years that coach. They people say the coaching doesn't matter in the NBA, and I've disagreed for forever that it does. A coach. A coach can't win as lone, right? But if you put the right coach with the right star players, it's going to work magic. And so having Budenhauser there, you know, and then then with, with Davis in, in New Orleans and Jokic in, in Denver, you've got two of the most talented guys in the NBA if yep. they can stay on the court, if they can stay on the court. And so, I mean, I think I'm not surprised by any of them. But, I mean, other than Detroit, I mean, that's surprising. But – Again, I don't. I don't expect teams like the Warriors. That's why, again, you know, you and I talked about this, and we, you were kind of shocked when I said I thought Portland was going to finish with the best record in the West because I don't think the Warriors yeah. are going to play the regular season. I don't think they care. I don't think the Rockets are as good. 
Um, but I tell you what, Denver might be as good. Denver, Utah, those teams yeah. are just, just as good and could be really good regular season teams um, until the you know the big the big dogs decide they want to play again. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I yeah, I'm so. Uh, but the other thing that surprised me is the Celtics. They don't yeah, look great. They, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is more surprising than the Celtics. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's Gordon. I, I mean, now again, you got to matter. They they added in Gordon Hayward, so they it completely fresh. I know it's his second season, but they never played with him, and they played mm-hmm. a large portion of that season without Kyrie as well. And mm-hmm. I think we're having a little bit of a alpha dog battle, and the fact that that's now Jason Tatum's team. <laughs> yet, can we yet. say can we say Trey Kyrie? Can we say Trey Kyrie? Do you would you agree? Would you be completely shocked or be like, man, that was a bad move if they traded Kyrie or? Well, it all depends on what you get, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that surprised. Danny Ainge would never hesitate to do it if they didn't, if he felt like they didn't need him. I mean, I, again, I have no idea or, or a reason why they would do it, and I don't have the salaries in front of me. But you know, if you moved Kyrie for Kimba right now, I mean, or something like that, or brought in another, sound the the piece they would need would be the another point guard, right? I'm not sure Terry Rozier is a point guard of a championship team. So you'd still need somebody in that spot, but maybe you just need somebody with a different a different mindset. Um, but I just don't know the three point guards that I can see that could be on the market. You know, with with Wall, Kimba, and then Kyle Lowry. I don't know that that's any different. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they moved them. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I also think you got to give them time to figure it out. You got one of the two or three best coaches in the league, and you've got the players. It's just a matter of of everybody figuring it out together. But, hey, look, as we just talked about, they're not going to be able to score 98 points and win games. They're just not going to be able to right. do it. Not. And not. And these teams like Memphis, Lord, they better get – They, I mean, they're 2-1. But, you know, I just think when the, when the season settles, there are going to be teams that are going to be struggling to score. And I just looked at them as one of them. It just depends on out of health. But I want to talk about – I want to talk about real quick uh, with the Western Conference – um, with the rookies, I want to talk about Luca first. That man should have been number one pick of the draft, and the only reason why I'm saying that because I, I like I like DeAndre, Aiden, I like Bagley, but Luca Doncic, the way he handles, the way he passes, the way he moves, and does all the things he can do, that man can play basketball. And as far as the, the on the western side of rookies, man, Grayson Allen is playing good. And and uh, uh, um, I ain't really uh, I like Shy Gilders Alexander from the Clippers. He's not starting, but I'm liking what I see from him. Um, I haven't got to see much from any of the Lakers rookies, um, you know, saying because they've been sitting in suits. Now, see if you got to play 20 some minutes to score a point. But I think Luka Doncic right now is the best rookie uh, uh, throughout the league. But I think definitely in the West. What do you think about Luka? Well, I mean, Luka was my top guy when you go back and look at it. I mean, he, it's a rare talent and, and because more than anything else, he was even in his age, 19, whatever, whatever, 18, 19, he's the most NBA ready guy. I mean, he just, his body was ready. His mind, he's the smartest one of them all. He sees the court better than, I mean, he's not only the best rookie, he's one of the better point guards in the NBA right now as certainly facilitators. And it's just, you know, again, he doesn't have a lot around him, but I, I don't, Barring injury, he has the best career out of these guys, and maybe even the draft class before. Um, he's just something. He's just something special. Um, you know, I, I, Gilbert Alexander. I've I've really been surprised. I I think the Clippers are looking good, and he's playing really well. Aiton is a is a beast. There's no doubt about it. But I think oh, yeah. I, I hope I hope he doesn't get frustrated in the West or playing with the Suns um, and getting you know getting beat a lot. But mm-hmm. I, I'm disappointed because uh i was uh i was a big lonnie walker guy coming into the season i was hoping yeah. with the Spurs get to stand up especially after uh, Kawhi got traded but i i think donkic is the is the rookie of the year i don't think it's going to be that close and he's certainly he's certainly the best one uh, of that group and he's just got a skill set like that you don't see and every now and then you'll just see that like and i don't mean this is any disrespect because trey young's a heck of a basketball player and he's got great skills but we're going to find another shooter next year. You're not going to find a guy that has court vision and that and basketball IQ and that can shoot and that can pass and dribble like Doncic. They just don't come around that often. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I don't understand why he wasn't the top pick 
And then I don't know what the Hawks were doing uh, with that. But again, you know, they had to do what they thought was best. But I don't know. It's just it's hard to replicate what he does. I just think I just think honestly the Hawks was wanting like a Michael Vick type entertainment with you know saying thinking the light bulb think the light bulb moment they thinking man Steph Curry really lit up Golden State and made people just galvanize there with the big threes the deep threes and then you know Clay came around and Draymond they were just thinking like man if he can bring asses to the seats and bring some buzz and then we can keep building around him. Maybe we could probably build the same thing in Atlanta. And it Atlanta is a hotbed for a lot of stuff, man. I mean, like, they freaking all the Marvel movies are filmed in freaking Atlanta. I mean, like, you got, you know, the Magic City rap. Uh, you got TV shows are doing good out there. I mean, like, Atlanta, man. So they're trying to bring it into sports because, you know, you can't lean on the Braves because, as you know, they choke. You can't, you know, say hardly lean on the Atlanta Falcons. We already know that 24 to 3. So hopefully this could be something to bring the Atlanta Hawks back and Trey Young is the pick that they wanted. I mean, that's what they wanted. And he's not sh- sh- uh, playing bad, but, you know, Luka is going to be so – he's he going to be better. I think he's like he's six foot eight. The way he can just take the ball behind his back with ease, his arms are long, he can shoot the three. Trey Young can do most of the same things, but his size he don't have like Luka. And, and I, you know, it's, he's got limitations. Yeah, I think the Hawks, I think you're absolutely right. I think it was all about the market. And I think that they needed they needed a face a face of the franchise. And and you know, I I'm gonna miss somebody, I bet, but the only international, you know, non US college face of the franchise that I can remember is Dirk, right? I mean, it doesn't happen that often because they don't have the popularity of coming up through through um, you know, the college basketball or through the you know, the high school AAU scene that, that really builds the hype and builds the name recognition for these guys. They needed a face of franchise. And, you know, they're right. Doncic is probably not the face of franchise in Atlanta. And I'm not sure that he's ever going to be a face, but but he is by far the better basketball player. But they're trying to build something else down there. And they know they're not going to win. And they see the opportunity to, like you said, build some excitement, you got a big name in Trey Young, who's not a bad basketball player. Doesn't know, does not mean. Listen, a lot of teams would love to have Trey Young right now, um, and you put him in Atlanta. He's got a little chippiness to him. He's got a little attitude. He's got some swagger. I, I mean, it's a, it's a good fit. It's a good fit for him, uh, and it's a good fit for Atlanta. They'll just they'll never. They probably will never live down the basketball decision uh, of making that trade. No, they will not. They they definitely would not. And I I think, you know what I'm saying, for whatever, you know, how many years he plays there, they're going to resign him, resign him, resign him, as long as they can be winning. And, you know, if Collins comes up, if Torian Prince keep playing the way he's playing, you know, if they can actually build something, get another, you know, star player, like another star. I don't think I don't think Collins or Prince could be, a, you know, a, a star caliber player like a Trey Young could be. But good pieces to have where if they can get somebody else and come in and really explode their team. You know, saying uh, Zion Williamson, you know, yeah. RJ Barrett, you know, somebody like that. A Cam Reddish, you know, saying I hate that I'm naming all these damn Duke players, but on the same team. I can't help it. They're the top players <laughs> on the same team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think but, that's what's going on. I like Collins. Uh, I like Collins a lot. I think, yeah, I like Prince. I think those guys are good solid pieces on an NBA team. I mean, I don't think they're anything you build around, but they're solid pieces that you need and they're going to be really good professional basketball players. So they're building that base. I mean, you've got to, you've got to start somewhere and you got to, you got to start somewhere. And I mean, now you talk about a team that just completely blew it up and tore it down. That's what they did. And you got to start somewhere. There's a lot worse places you can start than Trey Young uh, because as we just have talked about this entire podcast, podcast, you have to score. And that dude can score. And, I mean, any given night, he can drop 30. And nobody will be surprised. And plus, Atlanta, and plus, look at this. Atlanta is a place to where, like, you can go get your hair cut at the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, Luka Doncic don't know nothing about that. You can go get your hair cut at Atlanta Hawks basketball game, man. Look, let me go get my hair cut real quick while I watch this second quarter. That just yeah. something just goes with their decision to go with Trey Young. I just think all of that is going to be in that. 
Yeah, and it works out. It worked out for Dallas too, right? Because that's that now Cuban gets to build the same model with Doncic that he did with that he did with and I mean, so it works. It works out for everybody. It'll just be interesting from a basketball perspective uh, how that because those two again, you know, you know how it works. They'll forever be compared against each other because of that trade. But you know, I think at the end of the day, it worked out for everybody. But I, I'm excited, man. And and you and I have talked about this before. These last two draft classes have will restock the NBA for the next two decades. And it's really crazy to think about, like, coming off a couple of really bad draft classes, right? Michael Carter-Williams, the Malcolm Brockton, you know, Malcolm Brockton, those guys, you know. And Anthony now you're, Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Yeah, you've just restocked the NBA in two draft classes, essentially. Um, the other rookie we're not talking about because it's hard to remember that he's a rookie is Harry Giles, right? I mean, yeah. he's – playing basketball in Sacramento. So, I mean, I, it, they have, the future's bright for the NBA, and it's fun watching these young guys because they, yeah, no, like, they come in with no fear. They just come right. in, and they just exactly. they think they belong. Like, like Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier is another guy. Like, I was like, who? I was like, yeah, that, that guy from Arizona. I said, man, he – Man, he's something else from New York Knicks. Alonzo, all I, all Alonzo. <laughs> Trier, that's a good basketball player. Yeah, these guys come in with a lot of comments. Even guys like Hart and Kuzma last year, who weren't high draft picks, who just came in with a huge amount of confidence mm-hmm. and belief in themselves, and and are going to make great NBA careers out of it. And you know, I you know, I, we you and I talk about Kuzma. I, lo- I love Kuz. I mean, is he Kobe Bryant? No. Does he want to no. be Kobe Bryant? Yes. I mean, that's what. <laughs> good for him. Go for him. But you know, got to you got to find a role and you got to find a spot. Um, and you know, I, the 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 shadows loom large in LA, and it's hard yeah. to escape. Kobe. it's hard to escape Shaq and Magic, and all that. But these these young guys seem to be up to it. I mean, they come in, they're ready to roll, and, that is, and true. So it's it's made it, it makes the NBA that much more exciting because you know, and then and then you know we we can get into it. But then, what the G League's going to do next year with with paying these kids out of out of high school? The NBA is ready to. They they've reloaded, man. They've reloaded, and they're ready to rock and roll. Well, this is something. This is something that has been talked about even between me and you, as far as saying a player movement. But like, uh, let's say, for example, let's um, say like you're you're trying to do your job, and you you start off doing good on your job, but somebody still is just kind of like you know getting on your nerves a little bit. I've had that happen. I'm pretty sure you've had that happen. But here in this case with um, Dale Dimps, you know. Uh, it was an interview that they did for Sports Illustrated where David Stern called Dale Demps a lousy general manager. And, you know, yeah. sitting there saying that they're in trouble of losing their star, their franchise player in Anthony Davis. And, you know, he was, you know, uh, um, he was very critical of uh, Dale Demps from that. But they're 3-0, and o, you know what I'm saying? So they just now issued out a statement, you know, saying about that and, you know, saying that how they were pleased with Dale Demps and all that stuff. Like, I'm not going into the full quote, but he said – they did say he is a part of our family, the NBA family. We are excited about the direction of the team, the 3-0 and start of the season, building on the success of the 2017 and 18 playoffs. Family, our organization, excited and proud to be a part of the NBA with the progressive and innovative leadership NBA commissioner, Adam Silver. Does Dale Demps deserve that criticism? Do you think he is a lousy general manager? Do you think that what he has done in the offseason, I think by getting Julius Randle, taking a chance with Jaleel Okafor, if that works, um, uh, keeping Darius Miller, keeping certain players, keeping Miritich, you know, knowing that that's going to end up working out. I don't think he's a lousy GM. I think he was able to recover from maybe some bad decisions because he gave a lot of money to Drew Holiday, but look how Drew Holiday's playing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's been a lousy general manager, but I think he's found his sea legs. I mean, I think, you know, there were some decisions that were – that just didn't didn't make any sense. And yeah. early on, they just – they, they tied up money in Osik, right? Remember that dude? I don't even know if he's still oh, in the NBA. I think, and yeah, it, it, was, it was odd because they never built a team around Anthony Davis. That was the yeah. weirdest thing about, about how they, they did that – they built that team – and they kept trying to play all these different parts that just didn't make any sense and didn't work. And you are, I mean, he is that Drew Holiday contract is ugly, and he's gotten lucky with how well Holiday has played 
um, mm-hmm. and, and how he's worked. So it's working out. I mean, I love the Randall side. You know how I feel about Randall. I cry every time I see his box score because that's it was one of my favorite. It still is one of my favorite players in the league. But you know, if he's on the Laker, he's my favorite player in the NBA right now. And mm-hmm. uh, I just like that guy, and I think it works. But you still have a situation where you know you've got three of your better players in Randall. Davis and Miritich that can't be on the court at the same time. They just can't. They just, it's not going to work. And so the team's still real built, real odd. I don't think David Stern, there's no reason for, I mean, David Stern again has this history with the, with the new Orleans having to take over the franchise and everything. So I understand that, but he, um, I, I, no that reason bounce. for him to come out. And do that. There's no reason for him to come out and do that. that I don't think Dale Demps to my knowledge didn't even say anything about David Stern. Um, nope. you know, Show some show some respect, and, but I do love the NBA because I love how they threw shade at David Stern by talking about how great Al, Adam Silver was. You know, yep. I mean that's that's NBA. We call it, you know it's called NBA petty, and it's awesome because there's the pettiness of the NBA is just awesome, and this it's unparalleled in professional sports the way these these teams and these guys handle each other, especially as it comes to social media. Uh, but no reason for no reason for Stern to go at go at him like that. Um, I don't even. I hadn't even heard from David Stern in like two years, and right. all of a sudden he finally picked up. Yeah, yeah. I think what David Stern was, he was going off the momentum of being on a. He was on a. Uh, uh, I can't believe what podcast it was, but he was talking about New Orleans. But he was mostly talking about the trade between Chris Paul and the Lakers, and he went through all that mess. So he's had some interviews here in the past year or so, and I'm thinking he's just feeling himself that like people actually still want to talk to him, and it's just like, man, come on, man. Get on somewhere, you know, because it's like it's things like this. I wonder how he would have issued. Uh, I mean, how he would have handled, you know, Jimmy Butler. He would have been the type of commissioner would have came out and said something about Jimmy Butler. Adam Silver ain't said nothing. You know, it was about the Timberwolves handling. Staring would have oh, been yeah. probably in it. You know, what I'm saying I, I just look at it that. And speaking of Jimmy Butler, who hasn't been, you know, in the when we've been been trying to do this podcast, <laughs> we he was the main focal point. But now he didn't kind of then 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 uh, got booed. Uh, at a Minnesota opening home game and uh, has kind of been kind of silenced there. But does Jimmy Butler, you know, being traded, is that kind of like a big deal to anymore? I mean, like, is that something still to where any team he goes, everybody's like, oh, my God. Or is now Jimmy Butler put himself in a position where they was like, first of all, you're not that good. And well, second of all, you've been getting hurt. So now, are, he, are you really a team that's going to take over the top anyway? I never looked at him as that anyway. I think, I think Butler can be the second player on a on a championship team. I don't think he okay. can be the first. I think what the whole thing that was odd to me about the Butler thing, and I think you and I said this is, you can walk around telling a team that they need you and they can't win without you if you've won something. He's mm-hmm. not won anything, and he's not. He, he really postured. It's really an interesting case because, you know, you look at. Kyrie in Cleveland and Kawhi in San Antonio and Paul George in Indianapolis. These guys asked to be traded and they got traded. Butler mm-hmm. has to be traded. They're just like, nope, we're not trading you. And <laughs> it was the only time that that's happened in recent in recent history. Nope. And I guess I guess that um, um, Thibodeau knew Butler well enough to know that he would play no matter what. But it, it I think Butler. I think he will be traded. Uh, Minnesota is just blowed up at this point and get rid of Thibodeau. That was the, that was the death of that team. But I, the question is, where does he fit? Where does he go? And the guy talks about winning, but yet the teams he wanted to go to, the Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks aren't necessarily the definition of winning NBA franchises. So right. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't pretend to know any of these guys, but he seemed to posture a lot. But unless he's going someplace where they've already got an established superstar, I don't think I don't think he's winning. I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's winning. Um, I think he could be the second player on a championship team, but but certainly not the first. Okay, hey, and that's and that is something that um that is something that's going to be looked forward to because, like I said, Miami. You know, if he get traded to Miami, I don't think nothing can happen there. You know, what I'm saying if somebody was sitting there saying, "Man, if he go to Miami, that could be," I'm like, "Stop it! Please stop it!" Like you know, they can get to, they can get in deep order, in the playoffs. In order to get them, you gotta give something up. So you're still taking yeah. something your team. So people always think, well, you know, what would Miami do if they had Jimmy Butler? Well, it depends on who what they had to give up, what they had to give up. So I, I don't, 
I don't see a place where he could go where he would be a difference maker this season because there are so few teams that have a chance to win now. If somehow or another Daryl Morley and he's the only dude that could figure out how to do it, if he could figure out how to get him to Houston, maybe. Maybe that yeah. train changes things around. How he did that from a cap perspective and everything, I have no idea. Uh, but he's one of the smartest in the business with the cap. So if he if anybody can figure out he can, that would be the only place. Where where else is he going that that he's gonna be immediately thrust or you know, how many teams that can win the NBA championship? Four, maybe five. There aren't that many. Maybe, maybe five. Are, I give you five, but I say four. I, I think it's four, too. I'm just – I'm throwing in a five maybe from, like, somebody like the Bucks if they really have taken a step forward. But, I mean, other than that, I don't – I don't – who else would it be? I mean, it's it's Golden State, Houston, um, Toronto, and Boston. I don't know. I don't know who else would have a shot. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That, that, I like I said, Jimmy, just keep your ass on the Minnesota Timberwolves and, and play and try to make it up to to Carnegie Towns and uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, who uh, you know he's missing the second game today. That's crazy. But uh, I just say stay there, man. You know, at the end of the day, stay there this this season. See what happens next season. But don't make it don't make it bad for yourself. Even worse because you just you're trying to be on the. Um, Cause like Rachel Nichols pulls up right there, you know, to do the interview, all that stuff just seemed planned and kind of just stupid. And it just yeah. kind of just made him look kind of bad. And I, you know, at first I was on the side, but then I'm like, Hey, Rachel Nichols was just right there in the vicinity, ready to do a nice good old interview. I'm like, this is, this is not good. Like this, that's yeah. not good. I, I didn't like that. No, nah, it was all, it was all set up, but I think he made himself look bad. Um, but and made the franchise look bad in the process. Uh, so, so I'm not Jimmy Butler's biggest fan, but he could, he could, he he's a he's a great basketball player. He's a top 20, uh, 25 guy in the NBA. So I mean, he could help somebody. But I mean, get rid of the attitude. I, some of these guys, like I mean, they're just different. Like I thought, I thought Butler was a grinder. I didn't think he was the guy that had to be the superstar. But you know, he said a comment about how he didn't want to play with LeBron. At one point, and then it's like, well, do you want to win or don't you? Because in today's right. NBA, you know, <laughs> you go to the Boy, Warriors. LeBron is pretty smart. <laughs> you get lucky to be traded by Danny or for Danny uh, to Danny Ainge. And I mean, other than that, there's not a whole lot of opportunity. There will be in a couple of years when the when I think the NBA will flatten back out, um, just based on all these guys wanting to get paid and needing to get paid. But it's going to take a couple of years. So if you want to win immediately. You know, there's only so many options. Right. Well, who – now we'll get to some – now we're going to get to some uh, quick questions real quick. Um, now we're coming into the month of November. We can start kind of, you know, saying – seeing who could be players of the month. Um, uh, October, we, you know, saying where it's half, you know, they don't really tally all that, but you can see who's getting hot and who's getting that hot start. Who do you look at getting player of the month on the western side? Uh, I think it'd have to be Davis, right? Okay. I mean, it'd have to be Davis or Jokic, I guess, would be the would be the two. Um, I hate to say this. I, it's terrible, but I don't really pay that. I mean, I know Steph Curry had a couple good games, so maybe Steph's in there, but I don't pay that much attention to the Warriors um, yeah, just because you just know what you just know what they are. Um, right. But I think it's got to be – I mean, at this point in time, it's got to – this early in the season, it's got to be Davis in the West. Okay. Um, okay. I, 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 and now who's right now who who do you think right now the best rookie in the East since I didn't get to get to that? Um I guess Trey Young, right? That's I mean good. he's had a couple good guys. I mean, I guess it's been Trey Young in the East. Yes, Unless sir. there's somebody I'm forgetting about, but I'm yeah, it's gotta it's gotta be Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, well Kevin Knox unfortunately got hurt. He was playing real good. Uh, Kevin Knox hurt his ankle. Um, but Alonzo Trier, like I said, I mentioned him, but he just got a dunk or so. He, you know, he's not really lighting it up. But yeah, I have to give it to Trey Young. Um, I would probably have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah so, on, so on the East, who would be your player of the month? Who's got that momentum to get it for the month of November? Mm. I'm saying Blake Griffin. Blake, right? Yeah, it's got to be Blake. Yeah. I'm saying Blake. Mm. I'm saying Blake. Yeah, I think I mean, Giannis too. Giannis or Blake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah to put up some crazy numbers, but I think Blake 
I think Blake could get it because you might see he might see almost the people the thought process of yeah Giannis is probably going to get this three or four more times this season. Let's go ahead and give it to Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, just the biggest surprise, but but yeah, I mean I think it's 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 interesting because you know there were two really names that voted to the top of the NBA you know, the the MVP conversation at the start of the season, uh, and it was Giannis and Anthony Davis, and so far. They're battling it out. I mean, they're battling it out. Again, they both got to stay on the court. Uh, yes. But yeah, in the East, it's got to be Davis or uh, – I'm not, sorry, not Davis, but it's got to be Giannis or or Blake. Yeah, and Kimba. Yeah. Don't on Kimba. He's having a great month so far. He's having a great month. Uh, but buried in Charlotte. I need we need, to, we need a free Kimba movement at some point in time. Uh, I'd like to see that guy get a chance to, to, play, uh, to play on some competitive basketball. Because he's yeah. he's he's one of my favorite players, but again, not not to be mean to everybody in Charlotte, but they're just not very good. They're not, they're no, not, not very good. It's just not. I mean, you, you had a Tony Parker, and that was your big pop. I mean, Jesus, you know, it, it just didn't. You know, you still got Gil, um, Kid Gilchrist. Who I I've loved Kid Gilchrist all the way back in Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky all the way, and just his hustle, his his uh, instincts a little bit is is real, real good, but he just can't shoot. And he just – it just like he his ceiling is just already – he's already banged his head five million times on his ceiling. So, it's just like they're just not getting good or not moving toward that movement. And Batum, you know, Batum yeah. is a player that everybody's like, hey, Nick Batum. I already knew about Nick Batum. I try to tell people about Nick Batum. He's not going far, you know. Good role player, though. He's a good role player, but, he, again, he's not, he's not he's not your second guy. And they've just yeah, – I just remember when he took the contract with the Hornets. I was like, people was like, man, Nick Batum. I'm like, please stop. Just yeah. stop. Just stop. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Batum's a good uh, NBA 2K player, right? I mean, yeah, right. There he is. <laughs> but, I mean, he's an NBA player. But, man, you talk about a team, a franchise that's whiffed on so many draft picks. I mean, those they just, they've just whiffed. Um, so, and, you know, and, Get rid of Kimba. Let Malik Monk play. I mean, let these guys let do it. But but so Kimba's had a good month. But yeah, um, we got eight minutes left. Let's see if we can sit here and, and fill all this in because we got some interesting things. A little birdie told me that the Marcus Cousins will be starting scrimmaging in uh, two weeks. Now, do you think this is a part of rushing, or do you think this is uh, this is something that hey he's been moving ahead of schedule? And that, you know, him scrimmaging is going to be like, say, like, um, let's say, what, mid-December, late-December type deal to where he might be getting on the court. Like, what do you think about DeMarcus Cousins scrimmaging in the next couple of weeks? Well, I don't think they're rushing him because they got no need to rush him. And, they're, I mean, the Warriors, there's no no point for them to, to rush him. I expect to see Cousins playing mid-February, March. Okay. Uh, Best just because what? Why? I mean, what? What's the? What's the point? Get him completely healthy. Um, if he's seventy-five percent of Demarcus Cousins, then of course the Warriors are almost already unbeatable. But yeah. at the same time, let the guy get in there. He's got to work at his own pace because he's got a lot of money on the line. Demarcus Cousins has a lot of money on the line, um, so he needs to be healthy. So I don't think they'd be rushing because he needs to be healthy in his own mind to make his money. And the Warriors don't need him immediately, so there'd be no point for them to rush him. So if they're letting him go out there, he's ready. But I still think you're looking at late February. I mean March, because okay. what else? Why do you need him? Why do you, why risk it? Why risk it? That is true. That is true. Okay. For playoff season. Okay. So my next question, and well, we're going to try to answer quick on this one because this is a silly one right here. If if it so happens. This could be in a, uh, I guess you could say, in a celebrity style kind of venue. But if it was like two boxing, two, two, a boxing ring, two pairs of boxing gloves, Chris Paul versus Ray John Rondo, who is walking out the winner? Wow. Rondo, not even close. All not right, close. hey, I, I was making sure you was on the same page as me. It's got to be Rondo, man. It's got to be Rondo. Rondo, I said something the other day. Rondo's the kind of guy that when he gets into a fight, he starts biting you. I mean, you know yes. what I mean, like. Not when I wouldn't want to scrap with Rondo. No way. No way. You got, got a better reach than than Chris yeah. Paul. Chris Paul short and stocky. I mean, he's not he's a great athlete, but he's short and stocky. Rondo's got that reach. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
dirty. He'd get dirty. They, of course, Chris Paul get dirty too, but, but I, I wouldn't want to scrap with Rondo. Me neither. Me neither. And um, is there any chance that the Lakers may, if they lose the next two games, that Kobe Bryant may really consider? Or was maybe he been on an Entertainment Tonight show that, you know, let me let me guess I just play around with the crowd a little bit when he said, hey, if the Lakers go 0-5, I may think about it. So the one thing about Kobe Bryant that needs to be known after how serious he took basketball is how serious he takes his businesses. And Kobe Bryant released a book today. So, of course, he's going to get into Lakers' heads that, yes, I may come back and, oh, by the way, buy my book at the same time. So my man's trying to sell back to the NBA. Um, he's actually coming up excitement. That dude knows how to market. He knows. So he goes out and tells Jimmy Kimmel, well, yeah, I may consider it. That just has people like you and I talking about it, and now we're going to think about it, and we're going to end up coming across his book and be like, oh, I'm going to buy my mentality, right? So, uh, yeah, he's selling books, man. That dude's, that dude's done, and he's – and you know what? He earned it. He's earned his retirement. Um, yeah, we got we got to move past the Kobe the Kobe years. Uh, okay. Okay. You wouldn't hurt my – hurt my feelings i'd love it i'd love it and i still think he could play 18 minutes a game he'd lead that team in usage rate he'd lead that team in shots uh yeah. if you even if you let him play 15 minutes but no, 15, it's, it's minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes is it that's all he needed would be 15 minutes but i just think if he did come back the morale would really go up the morale would go up and if he just was just a 10 15 minute guy to just to come in and just pass or just do something in the fourth quarter whatever like in the regular season it would boost that team but I don't think he would do it just because he's helping his daughter. His daughter is playing. Man, her, his daughter is is like – it's like when I blink twice, I'm like, whoa, is that Kobe? You know what I'm saying? Her shot and the way she gets in position, her mannerisms and all that stuff, she's going to be something else. And I just – I don't even – I think she might be just 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, I think she's 12. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you made a – you were just talking there, but you said he could come in and pass in the fourth quarter. We both know that's not happening. <laughs> <We both> know. <laughs> He's on the court and the game's on the line. He's LeBron, shooting. Hey, he shooting. He's yeah. shooting. Hey, what's the hey, what's the hand motion? The hand motion that LeBron always do with like like he like he said, when Kobe does this, when Kobe does yeah. the W the separated W, move. Yeah. He's he wants yeah. the ball. He wants the ball, yeah. period. And he doesn't care uh, if all five is coming to him. Yeah. Okay, so what coach will be fired first? Ty I know Luke. we talked about this. You think Ty Lue? Ty Lue's gonna be fired first. Yeah. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that. I'm. So I don't know why someone's telling me that that um that that the Charlotte Hornets coach is gonna get fired. What's that Griffith? I think his name. was. Gri- no, that, that's that's uh yeah. No, is, that, they, is that right? No, they just hired that guy to say he was out of the Spurs system. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think they might I think they might go ahead and tell him to get the boot. If they you know what I'm saying, if they trade Kimba, if they keep on losing and stuff like that, I think they might go ahead and remove him. But Ty Lue, Ty Lue is that name to where if you sitting there just trying to get a bunch of shots for Kevin Love and all he can do is score seventeen, because that's what it's looking like, it's it you you he, he may be the first one out. Yeah. I mean they're yeah. running that offense purely through Kevin Love and he can't he just can't I'm like, man, they need to just go ahead and just let Colin Sexton just get loose. You know what I'm saying? They're running. Yeah. I mean, I was like, they force-feeding that man the ball. He can't even get 25 points. Can't do it. Yeah. Minnesota Kevin Love's not around anymore. No more. It's not yeah. around. But they paid him. They paid him as such. They sure did. Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll trade him, too, uh, though. Trade him. All right. We got about a half a minute. We got a half a minute. Now we're we going to uh, – this is my last question. With, with Space Jam 2 coming out, I want to know your five for the Monstars 2.0. Who would be a perfect input to the movie? You got a minute. Well, can we just make it the Warriors? I mean, KD is a But I think Embiid's got to be like, if you're putting a... You know, you, you, need, some, you need some grit, like better have Lance. Lance Stevenson should be there. Like you need okay. those guys. That's what I'd like to see out of the Monstars is more of those characters as opposed to it. But I guess we could just make a LeBron versus the Warriors. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, but like you said, Embiid, Stevenson, some silly people got to be in it. Dwayne Wade has to be in it with LeBron. I think. I think that would be cool. But I just think, yeah, banana boats got to be. Banana boats definitely got to be in it because State Chris Paul hooked up every teammate for State Farm. I'm pretty sure LeBron James can hook him up with the uh, Space Jam too. But we got 10 seconds left. It's been a quick hour. We're like we always make it. Justin Austin, Matt Sutton, this is the Soft Straight Talk Show. I hope y'all enjoyed our NBA talk. Y'all take it easy.